And then the rabbit says, how about that schnitzel? Well, well what? There's no punchline. That is the punchline. How about that schnitzel? That's the punchline? Well, no, not when you say it like that. How am I supposed to say it? Like a punchline. How about that schnitzel? Oh, forget it. Coming up, our April Tawny Frogmouth Film and Food Column bonus episode. Welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Roberts, and it's so great to have you back on the show for another bonus Tawny Frogmouth episode. Of course, you've probably heard me say it many times by now, but this is our bonus episode where we talk about our monthly film and food column that we have in the local Northern Beaches magazine, The Tawny Frogmouth. This is a local magazine where I live, gets published to 50,000 people every month, and I get the opportunity to write a 500-word film and food column every single month where I talk about a current movie or a current TV show and another movie. So basically two movies and a TV show plus a recipe all based on a theme of my choosing. And so this bonus episode is a chance for me to expand, to talk more about, to give a more in-depth review and general discussion about everything that I review in my column each month that goes beyond the 500 words that I get in the column. So if you haven't checked it out already, we've done one of these already back in March for our spectacular sci-fi column. So go and check that one out if you haven't listened to that already. And before we dive right into it, I just want to say a quick welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. If this is your first time listening, we have all sorts of regular content we produce, including film and food reviews, where we review a foodie film or TV show, plus make a film-based recipe from that movie or TV show. We do fantasy film and food drafts. We do quick bites episodes. Catch you up on everything that I've been watching lately. We've got lots and lots of things for you to catch up on. So make sure you go and check out all those other episodes. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So you don't miss out on anything that we produce. So with that said, this is going to be a short 20-minute episode where I can talk a bit more about everything I reviewed this month. So this month's theme for the film and food column is authentic family portraits and I reviewed the film Belfast, the film Roma and the TV show Gilmore Girls plus I create a beautiful Turkish delight Rocky Road recipe. So if you go into the show notes of this month's episode you will find a link to that column that you can read in full for yourself and come back to this episode once you've done so that you can hear my expanded thoughts on all of those movies and TV shows and the recipe. So make sure you go check that out before you listen to the rest of this episode. And let's talk about the first film, Belfast. So yes, this month our theme is all about these authentic family portraits and our two films this month are the exact definition of that. They're black and white, vivid family portraits that are semi-autobiographical from the directors themselves. And so Belfast is Kenneth Branagh's semi-autobiographical film based on his early childhood in the Irish town of Belfast. This film is set in the late 1960s during the Troubles, which is this intense conflict of nationality and religion in Ireland. And it focuses on young Buddy, who is the semi-autobiographical Kenneth Branagh. 
and we watch his life as he tries to navigate a normal childhood in the face of all the adversity around him. We just watch as he tries to navigate relationships with his friends, relationships with his family, how to go up in his math class, how to talk to the girl that he likes, and his love for cinema. Now, this movie has been taking the world by storm this year. It's nominated for seven Academy Awards at the Oscars, which by the time this recording probably comes out, the Oscars will have happened and we'll see if it wins any of those nominations. But people have absolutely loved and been drawn to this film, and I really enjoyed it myself. Kenneth Branagh brings a unique voice and a charming sweetness to this tale that balances tone quite well. Of course, we have some intense riot scenes where the film plays out more like a action film or a very serious drama where Buddy is and his family are caught up in the intense conflicts of the troubles at the time. But we also have these beautiful, sweet, sentimental moments where Buddy is talking to his grandparents, played brilliantly by Kieran Hines and Judi Dench. And those are probably some of my favorite characters in the movie because their interactions with Buddy are so sweet. Kieran Hines is absolutely hilarious as Pa. And the advice that he gives Buddy is really, really funny. Like one point he gives Buddy the advice to kind of fudge his numbers a bit, make his numbers hard to read in his math test so that the teacher will have no choice but to give him the right marks to say that he was correct. And so with that, he gets to advance up in his math class. And that is just a really fantastic scene. Judy Dench, she's great. She got a surprise Oscar nomination for this role. But she is very sweet, she's very discerning, she ends the movie, and it's just a great role for her. Of course, the parents of Buddy are played brilliantly by Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan, and the whole family dynamic of this film is probably the main plotline. Whether or not this family is willing to stay in their town that they love, that they've grown up in, that they adore, and that they have such a strong connection to, or is it too unsafe, and are they going to move and leave Belfast for a brighter future and for safety where they'll be able to grow their family without being in risk of losing their lives or getting seriously injured from being caught up in the conflicts. There's lots and lots to like about this film. It's a short, 90-minute, well-edited, fast-paced film where each scene doesn't overstate its welcome but is brisk and sweet and to the point. The screenplay is very strong and some of the witty dialogue between the grandparents and Buddy, as I was saying, is one of the highlights of the film. There's some brilliant sequences in there, like there's a scene where Jamie Dornan sings Everlasting Love to his wife, Katrina Balfe, and that is one of the highlights of the movie as well. What we get is this beautiful portrait of a young boy growing up, trying his best to live out his normal childhood, being influenced by the children around him, by his grandparents, by his mum and dad. We get to see his love of cinema. We get to experience what it was like for Kenneth Branagh to be a child in this time. And by the end of the movie, you are deeply affected by the choices they make. You fall in love with Belfast like the rest of the people in the film, and you are very emotionally invested in the story and what is going to happen. This is a bit of a different direction from Kenneth Branagh. He is a bit of a hit-of-miss director with me. He has made Shakespeare before, he's made Artemis Fowl in his previous movies. You know, he played a very interesting role in Christopher Nolan's latest film, Tenet. He's a multi-talented man, and here I think he brings something deeply personal and something profound to his film, which I think elevates it above what he's done lately. 
And so Belfast is a high recommend from me, has some beautiful black and white cinematography, some great music by Van Morrison. So I'm pretty sure it still might be out in cinemas, otherwise it will be available to rent and on DVD and Blu-ray very soon. So go out and check it out. It's a film that almost the whole family could watch and enjoy, and I'm sure you'll be equally as entertained and moved as I was by watching the film Belfast. Let's talk about my second pick in this Authentic Family Portraits Film and Food column, which is Alfonso Cuaron's 2018 film, Roma. I still remember the feeling I had when I walked out of watching Roma for the first time. Alfonso Cuaron doesn't make films as often as other directors, but they are cinematic events when he does. He pours his heart and soul into every film that he makes, and he has an impeccable filmography. Every single film of his is pretty fantastic, and I would say Roma is one of his best. A little bit like Belfast, Roma is a black and white family portrait of a young boy growing up with his family's maid in Mexico in the 1970s. And the film is mostly focused on this maid played by Yelitsa Aparicio and the mother of this young boy played by Marina de Tavira. Alfonso Cuaron himself has said that this is a love letter to his maid that he had growing up, to all the women in his life that supported him and raised him and really were there for him as he grew up in his childhood. And when I walked out of the cinema for the first time after seeing this movie, I was in a daze. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling watching a film. You come out, you don't really know where you are. You've kind of been transported into this different world and it's like snapping back into reality. You've been so utterly affected and moved and you know you've seen a masterpiece. And for me, that's what Roma is. It's one of the best films of last decade and my favorite film of 2018. It's almost as if Alfonso Cuaron transferred his memories onto the screen. He had this vision for how the film would look, he had these memories from his childhood, and he directly turned that into this perfect film. And that is incredibly hard to do. Of course, we all have visions and dreams of what a book we might be that we would write or a film that we might direct, but the reality of actually making that happen means that not everyone can be an incredible film director like Alfonso Cuaron, but it's impeccably, impeccably made. Uh, the cinematography in this film is by Alfonso Cuaron himself and is some of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen. This beautiful black and white imagery, these weeping long takes that focus on Yelitsa Aparicio doing simple things around the house or a riot that's occurring outside of a baby supply store. The imagery is just profound and it stirs up this sort of mystical, idealistic version of childhood that is both romantic and realistic and plays with the themes of this film in such a way. It has a powerhouse of an ending that left me a bit of a sobbing mess when I watched it for the first time. It has powerful performances from Elite Aparicio and Marina de Tavira that both were Oscar nominated and the legacy of this film just lives on. Alfonso Cuaron, he directed the absolute heck out of this movie. Profound, it is beautiful, it's heartbreaking, it's transportive, it's magical, it is the magic of cinema put to life on screen. Now, I don't want to reveal too much of the plot of this film because I think going into it with an open mind, not knowing too much, is where you'd get the most magical experience. But what I will say is that 
This is exquisite filmmaking. It's deeply emotional. It's entertaining while also being a vivid portrayal of this woman in Alfonso Cuaron's life uh, who he has said in interviews he didn't have as much respect as he has for now. And so this is a film as art. It's film as a love letter to a person in Alfonso Cuaron's life. And it's just a film that will live on in cinema history as one of the best films ever made. As you can tell, I am a big, big, big fan of Roma. So if you want to go and check this one out for yourself, you can watch it exclusively on Netflix. I even own the Criterion Collection version. Uh, if you don't know what the Criterion Collection, it's this, fi- it's, it's this film collection that puts all of these different films in these exquisite Blu-ray DVD packages with beautiful covers and essays inside and all of this bonus content. So you, I may as well leave a link for you in the show notes if you want to go and buy the Criterion version yourself because I think it's worth it to have it on physical media. But please, please uh, keep an open mind. Go and check out this film and I hope that you'll be as transported and wowed and leave in a daze as much as I did when I watched it for the first time. Then we have our TV show, which is the classic early 2000s show, Gilmore Girls. Now, I had never watched Gilmore Girls until a year or two ago when when me and my wife were searching for something to watch, as we always do. We always seem to have a show on the go, and Beth suggested to me that we would watch Gilmore Girls. And I, to be honest, I wasn't too keen heading into it as I wasn't sure if it would be something that I was particularly interested in. But I got pretty hooked to this show pretty fast. It's the story of Lorelai Gilmore and her daughter Rory Gilmore. And we know that Lorelai Gilmore, the mother, was sort of ostracized and left her house after falling pregnant as a teenager with Rory and being disgraced in the face of her very upper-class wealthy mother and father and so Lorelai leaves starts working as a maid at an inn and works her way up to be running the place running the inn and getting her daughter through school and essentially the pilot of this episode is when her daughter Rory gets accepted into Chilton which is this high quality private school and she doesn't have the money to pay for the fees and so has to run back to her parents who she has estranged from herself to be able to sort of beg and build that relationship back to try and get that money for Rory to go to school. And this is just the very beginning of the story that just follows the life of Lorelai, who is in her mid-30s, and Rory, who is 16, having to deal with Lorelai's parents and Rory's grandparents, having to deal with the pressures of going to a private school and all of the expectations of her Rory's academic studies, Lorelai's relationships, Rory's relationships, It's just two women who are best friends trying to work out how to get through life and navigate all of these things that they have to deal with. The creator Amy Sherman Palladino is brilliant. She writes a lot of the series and is the creator of this series and her writing is sharp and fast. The dialogue is ultra snappy, filled with pop culture references. It's very witty. It's very realistic. It shows these women as real human beings with real struggles, but with also real strengths and with a powerful bond that goes throughout the whole series. That is just beautiful to see. 
They live in Stars Hollow, which is this eccentric community that always seems to have a festival going and is filled with all of these fantastic recurring characters that are strange and quirky and eccentric, but always make you laugh and brighten up this show so that there's always something going on and there's a rich tapestry of world building that just makes this place feel so real and so exciting to visit episode after episode. The storylines, of course, keep you going through the seasons whether or not someone will date someone else, whether or not a love for someone else will be required, whether or not Rory will pass all her exams and get into the right schools. All of these things may seem like trivial on the surface, but the writing is so strong, the directing is so powerful, and the performances are so real that you can't help but get invested and start to see these people as your own family. Of course, this was a hit, hit show in the early 2000s and one that I only discovered now in the 2020s but it's definitely time if you've seen it before but haven't watched it for 15 to 20 years why not give it a revisit it's a really fantastic series and I really recommend it to anybody who likes a dramedy which feels like both some fantastic drama moments some fantastic comedy moments and everything you want from a tv show that's going to keep you company over a couple of months so you can see Gilmore Girls on Netflix you can rent it, you can find other places to get it. I'm sure you could get it on DVD or Blu-ray. Netflix is the easiest. So definitely go and try out Gilmore Girls. Our final thing to talk about in this episode is the recipe, which is for Turkish Delight Rocky Road. Now the inspiration for this recipe is that in the film Belfast, Buddy's cousin, who is up to a bit of mischief and is trying to get Buddy to go shoplifting, finally convinces Buddy to go shoplifting, and much to his cousin's chagrin, he oh, he's only able to get a Turkish delight, which his cousin absolutely hates, as well as Buddy finally admitting that he doesn't eat as well. And so it's quite disappointing for the both of them who have risked going shoplifting only to get something as bad as a Turkish delight. Now, I actually like Turkish Delight, but if you're someone who doesn't like Turkish Delight, then I'm convinced that you will like this recipe and how I use Turkish Delight because I weave it into this beautiful white chocolate Rocky Road. I also made white chocolate Rocky Road and photographed it in the article on a black and white plate to give a nod to the black and white films that we talked about in this month's column. So everything ties together with this recipe. Now, last month, I had bonus recipes and tips to talk you through this recipe. I don't have that in this one. This is quite a simple recipe for you to make. And of course, you can add whatever you like to your Rocky Road. For me, I had white chocolate. Now, the important thing about the white chocolate that I didn't get to mention in the recipe in the article was that getting the most high quality white chocolate is the best idea. So... There's this brand called Calibits. They make this beautiful white chocolate for tempering. It's used by chefs. It's a little bit more expensive, but if you're willing to give it a go, I think it will radically transform how good these Rocky Roads are. And I also made these Rocky Roads in a muffin tray. So it gives you this beautiful circular shape in the Rocky Road and makes it quite pretty for presentation. So of course, I've got the white chocolate. We have the Turkish Delight. We have cranberries. We have a little bit of coconut flakes. And we have marshmallows for you to put in this Rocky Road. And I think all of those ingredients together combine to create this beautiful dessert that have these rich, distinct flavors that I'm sure you're going to love. And so will everybody that you share these with when you bring them to your party or to your office or 
just at home for you to enjoy. This is a great recipe. Now the best way to present this is with some rose petals. Make sure that afterwards you put these in the fridge so that they last long. Um, I put mine in the fridge for 30 minutes to an hour and then I can leave them out. But of course, if you wanna keep them for long, storing them in the fridge is the best idea. The recipe in the article makes about eight, but if you wanna make more, of course, double or triple that recipe, whatever you need to do to make that work. But please go and make this Rocky Road. I know it's a bit different to other Rocky Roads you may have seen. It utilizes the Turkish Delight and the marshmallow. The flavors contrast and really combine to make a really great eating experience. So go and check out that recipe. It's in the show notes, of course. And please let us know how you went with the recipe. I'd love to see your photos. I'd love to hear how you went. You can let us know by email, via social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us a message post it on our wall, whatever you need to do. We would love to see you share that with us. Well, okay, that about does it for this month's Tawny Film and Food bonus episode. This was another great month. Thank you to the Tawny Frogmouth for giving me a platform to share my passion for film and food. It's just amazing. I hope you enjoyed these authentic family portraits. Go and check these out. They're all on streaming. They're all available for you to watch. Go make that recipe. Let us know how you went. And thank you for joining us this episode. And if you haven't already, can I ask you a favor? Can you give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? These ratings help us get into the ears of more and more people. So thank you to everyone who's given us a five-star rating or review already. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our email is fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. That's fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, you're going to find us. And why don't you share it with a friend and let someone else know about the podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on all of these picks. We'd love to hear your thoughts and see your pictures from the recipe. Give us feedback, suggest a movie to review or suggest a new theme for our next Tawny Frogmouth column. The most important thing to do is join the conversation. So goodbye and thanks for listening.